you what the Bible says that God spoke to Abraham when he was giving him the promises. Chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible says, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Verse 14, And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards, everyone say afterwards, afterwards they afterwards shall they come out everybody say come out with great substance the lord says i will judge them and afterward after what after they've been afflicted for 400 years they shall come out with great substance and then in the book of luke chapter number 10 verse number 33 the story of the Good Samaritan, symbolic of what a Christian should be, symbolic of what Jesus was, it says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Verse 34, And went to him and bound up his wounds. Pouring in oil and wine. Somebody say oil and wine. The Samaritan had oil and wine to pour into the wounds of this man who had been beaten and destroyed and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Hopefully you understand that uh, we live in a world full of people who have been manhandled by the enemy. Their lives have been destroyed, many of them. They've been hurt. They've been wounded. But we, in the place of Jesus Christ, are the ones that are bind up to bind up the wounds of those that are hurting. But we have to have something to pour into the wounds. We have to have something to pour in to the place where they are hurting. The Lord spoke to me this week, and I don't say that lightly. But on Thursday evening, as I was trying to go to sleep, I'd been taking care of catching up on some emails. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me while I was trying to go to sleep on Thursday evening. See, I've been through a busy time in my life, stressful time. This week was kind of a tough week for me personally. Some of you can relate. You've had a tough week as well. I've learned that sometimes the Lord speaks to me by causing me to experience emotions that I don't know where they're coming from. And I finally picked up that as pastor, as shepherd, the Lord speaks to me through His Spirit by causing me to feel what the church may be going through, what individuals may be experiencing. And Thursday night, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Remind my people about the product of pressure, the pressure that they are experiencing, the pressure that they are going through. Number one, they're not going to stay in the pressure for always. But number two is that there is a positive product to the pressure. There is something good that is going to come out of the stress. There is something good that is going to come out of the pain. There is something good that is going to come out of the hurt. (laughs) 
See, many of the greatest things in life come through pressure. Diamonds are a product of compression, of carbon. Gold is refined only when it passes through the fire. A pearl starts as an irritation. But all the great things in life, many of them, come from pressure. Henry Wordsworth Longfellow said, Into each life some rain must fall. There's difficulty coming into every life. There's pain and there is pressure. But Longfellow went on to say, None of us are exempt, but it is how we deal with that rain that determines our destiny. The deck of cards that you're handed in life, the pressures and the difficulties that you go through will not determine your destiny, but how you deal with it will determine your destiny. I want to preach to you today for a few moments on this subject, the product of pressure, the product of pressure. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your mercy and kindness. We thank you, Jesus, for the blessings that you have given to us. God, you've always been there for us. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. Lord, we are standing here today, many of us, as testimonies, living, breathing testimonies of the fact that you will bring us through. Because, to put it bluntly, you've already brought us through many things. And Jesus, I thank you for that. I give you glory, Lord Jesus, for the Red Sea crossings of my past, for the blessings, Lord Jesus, and the difficulties that you've brought me through. But today, Lord God, I want to follow your directive, be led of your spirit, and speak as an oracle of the Lord to indicate to your people that there is a product, a good product. There is an intentional, focused product to the pressure that we find ourselves in from time to time. And I thank you, Lord God, for that. And we've come to give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. God bless you and you may be seated. The Bible says that God has determined the end from the beginning. There are no surprises for God. Does everybody understand that? God's never shocked and surprised at a turn of events. We are. Oftentimes things happen and we're like, where did that come from? Why did that take place? That doesn't make any sense. But from God's perspective who sees the end from the beginning, the tapestry of existence from our beginning to our ending, from the creation to the completion. God, who has already determined all of these things, has also already determined how you're going to get out of trouble before you ever get into trouble. Do you believe what I'm saying? God has already determined what the way of escape for you is going to be. And we can celebrate the fact that God will bring us out. Amen? But before we celebrate the fact that God can bring us out, we also need to realize that it was God that allowed us to go in in the first place. Praise God. Remember when the disciples, their ship was tossed in a storm? If you read carefully in the passage of Scripture, you will notice that Jesus is the one that directed them to cross the sea at that time. In other words, Jesus led them into the storm. 
And before we can celebrate with the children of Israel with the fact that God brought them out of bondage, we also need to realize, as we read in Genesis chapter 15, that it was God who allowed them to go into the time of pressure, the time of bondage, the time of difficulty. God told Abraham, thy seed is going to go into a strange land, and there they are going to be enslaved for 400 years. But he says, there in that same chapter that afterwards they were going to come out with great substance. They were going to come out of it with a lot more that they, than they had than they went into it. They were going to come into it with a lot better situation than they had before they went into the situation. Praise God. He was saying to them, I'm going to take you into something that you've never been in in your life. And you're going to be there for a while. But when I bring you out, you're going to come out with more that you had than what you had when you came in. Come on, I wonder if this excites anybody. God can use anything. God used seven lean years, a famine, that came against Abraham and later his descendants, Jacob more specifically, to drive them strategically into the place where they needed to be. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. He used the pressure of the famine to put Jacob and his family strategically in the place where God wanted them to be. The Bible said that when the famine broke up, all this uh, uh, broke out, that all of a sudden Jacob and his sons had to move toward Egypt where Joseph already was because he had been strategically placed by God in Egypt as a forerunner for his brothers. I want you to notice that God had orchestrated the whole thing. That God had orchestrated the rejection of Joseph by his brothers. More pain and more pressure to put Joseph in the place. To maneuver him into the right spot. So that in the time of trouble, Joseph would be able to be on the inside. In a position for the betterment of God's people. Did you notice that the story of Jacob, Joseph, the famine, Egypt is all driven by pressure. It is pressure that positions the people. It is pressure that positions Joseph in Egypt. It is pressure that pulls Jacob and the brothers back into Egypt, into the land of Goshen. See, when I think about that, I get excited because I realize that God uses things that are unpleasant to put me in the position He wants me to be in. That sometimes God uses pressure to move me to where I can be most effective for the kingdom of God. To move me spiritually and mentally and emotionally to the place where He can do what He wants to do through me. Amen? Understand that God is not arbitrary. God's not random. Things don't just happen in the life of a child of God. In fact, the Bible says uh, uh, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord who are called according to His purpose. I get excited when I think about the fact that my God is so strategic that He will use adversity to maneuver me. To reposition me. To put me in the right place at the right time. Sometimes you yourself, sometimes I myself don't understand why I'm in the position I'm in. But God is working something together that I don't see right now. Something that you don't see right now. You've got to learn to trust the Lord and understand that pressure is not just to make you miserable, but there's a product to the pressure. Come on, somebody. 
If you trust Him, after a while you will say to God, I am so glad that I went through what I went through because you put me in the place that you wanted me to be. Remember, God has a strategy. God has a purpose. God has a plan. Anybody believe that? See, sometimes we wish God would fill us in on the details. God, I need to know everything that's going to happen between now and then. He told Abraham that his descendants would be going into slavery in a strange land. But he did not tell Abraham about the famine. He didn't tell him the fact that uh, Jacob's son Joseph was going to be preferred and receive this coat of many colors to cause his brothers to be uh, ensnared by jealousy. And then in their jealousy, they would sell him into slavery. And then in slavery, he'd be taken to prison. And then in prison, he would come out. Uh, uh, but, but before, he would be uh, lied upon uh, and told untruths by Potiphar's wife. God didn't reveal all that to Abraham. He didn't tell him all the details. Uh, Joseph did not become the prince of Egypt without going through that rejection, without going through being rejected by his brothers. And let me just share with you right now. We live in a world where we hear in the Christian world all about the prosperity that God has for us. And how many believe that God's blessings are real? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Bible is telling the truth when it says give, it will come back to you? good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over? Do you believe that the Bible teaches the principle that if we're in covenant with Jesus Christ through baptism in His name and submission to His Word, that His favor and His blessings are going to be upon our life? Do you believe that? I believe that too. But I'm afraid we're living in a time where we are teaching people to just believe God and He's going to bless you. To just claim the promise and you're going to get it. Just to sow a seed and you're going to get a harvest. But no one is giving you the details about what happens between the sowing and the harvest. No one is giving you the details of what happens between your claiming of the promise and receiving the promise. So here it puts us in a difficult position after we have sown our seed, as many of you have given to the kingdom of God, after you have said your prayer, and then all of a sudden you run into pressure. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, God, I thought you said that if I give, it will come back to me. That if I pray, there's an answer coming. How come I'm giving and now I'm feeling pressure? How? Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. How come I've prayed and now I find myself in the midst of peril? And all of a sudden you get shocked because all you've ever been told is about the promise and you've never been told about the pressure. Let me tell you, hallelujah, that after God gives a promise, there is pressure that leads to the final fulfillment of the promise. Because God's promise does not just include blessing you, but God's promise includes perfecting you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't let the pressure intimidate you because the pressure is part of the process that's going to lead to the promise. Hallelujah. I know I'm in the vein right now. Don't let the pressure stress you out. Don't let it cause you to lose faith. Don't let it cause you to question whether God is a God who is good on His Word. Don't let it lead you to think that that you've been manipulated. 
into a position where you're out on a limb and nobody there for you. Understand, hallelujah, that pressure is part of God's process that brings the promise into your life. And don't you worry about whether you're going to have enough to eat. Don't you worry whether you're going to have a place to sleep. Praise the Lord. The Bible has given us some promises. And God will always put somebody in position to bless you. The Bible says God will give it back. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. But then it says, shall men give into your bosom? That means God's blessings don't fall from the heavens. God's blessings come from positioned people that are there to take care of you. Hallelujah. Like the widow that took care of the prophet during the time of famine. Amen. Like Ruth who is gleaning behind the reapers. Understand that God has somebody who's going to put into your bosom what it is that you need. Don't worry. Don't stress out. I've been listening to the world and my, to, to the word of God and my finances are messed up uh, and I'm worried and I'm stressed out. Uh, if God can use a little boy with two fishes and five loaves, God's going to have somebody positioned to bless you. Come on, somebody. Believe the word of the Lord right now. So God's people of promise are in bondage. They're under the cruel whip of the taskmaster. And when they think it couldn't get any worse, when they think the pressure couldn't get any more intense, it does. Remember the story? What happens? They were oppressed, and all of a sudden their oppression gets worse and more grievous. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 that a strange thing happened. The Pharaoh took away what? Their straw you got to make the same quota of bricks that you've been forced to. But now we're not providing any straw. You've got to go out in the field and pick up stubble and bring it together. And the oppression, the pressure got worse. He commanded them to make these bricks without straw. He got really tough on them. He was trying to hold them down and to control them. But the Bible says that a strange thing happened when he took their straw away. When he began to take away their straw, when he got harder on them, when he got tougher on them, they began to multiply. Everybody say multiply. That's what the Bible says. The harder the oppression, the more they multiply. See, you've got to understand what's happening. They went into this trial as a family. They come out of this trial as a nation. They come into this trial with 70 people. Come on, somebody. They come out of this trial with over a million strong because the product of the pressure was not that they were destroyed, was not that they were defeated, was not that they were crushed, but the product of the pressure was that they multiplied and they grew. And the Bible says afterward, afterward, they came out. Hallelujah. Afterward, they came out with great prosperity. Hallelujah. The more they were afflicted, the more they grew. That's a strange thing about being a believer. See, I would think that I would flourish the best as a believer when things are going great. Oh, man, I'm doing really good. Paychecks rolling in and uh, family's doing good. My kids are obedient. My friends are all nice to me. And 
life is great and man, I am just growing as a Christian and I'm serving God and I'm closer to Him than I've ever been. But what happens is, this is not the case. When God really wants you to flourish really well, He will send an enemy to afflict you. He will put some pressure on you because when pressure is applied, then we begin to grow. When pressure is applied, then we begin to pray. When pressure is applied, then we begin to draw close to God. When pressure is applied, then we look to the hills from whence cometh our help. When the pressure is applied, we get our eyes off ourselves and our eyes back on Jesus. When pressure is applied, our attention gets off, hallelujah, of what we've been focused and distracted by and we get back to Jesus. And we begin to flourish. And we begin to grow spiritually. And God's will begins to be done in our life. Uh, somebody says, well, the obvious thing is that I need to be in poverty. I need to be stressed out. And I need to be struggling the rest of my life. No, that's not God's plan. God's going to bring you out. Uh, there's going to be an afterwards. But there's going to be a product uh, to the pressure. See, when you understand this, it changes your approach to life. Because when you understand this, when you see the enemy coming, you start rejoicing. Here comes some pressure. Ha, 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 Isn't that weird? I mean, that's totally stupid to think that way. That is totally converse to the way we think. Oh, here comes some storm clouds batting down the hatches. I board up the windows. Storm clouds rolling in. Here comes some difficulty. Here comes some pressure. Here comes some tough time. Oh, no. But when you understand God's ways, you can begin to rejoice uh, when you see the trouble brewing, when you feel the pressure being applied. Because what that means uh, is that an increase uh, is about to break forth. Come on, church. No pressure, no increase. No pressure, no growth. No pressure, no abundance. If you want to stay where you are with what you got, then say no pressure, please. But if you want God to position you into a place of promise, uh, into a place of blessing, into a place of favor, into a place of abundance, and into a place of anointing, then say, God, bring it on. And when I start to feel the pressure, I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. You thought enough about me to put me into a position where I can step into your favor and receive your blessing. Come on, somebody. God is speaking to you today. See, I'm afraid we shout at the wrong time. We shout when we come out. Don't we? Hallelujah. Miriam's got her tambourine. We've crossed the red, the red Sea. There's the bobbing, floating bodies of the taskmaster. That guy was beating my back last week. Now he's a corpse floating in the Red Sea. <laughs> so I think I'll do a dance. Let's get our tambourine. Let's rejoice because the Lord brought us out. Amen. And that's only human nature. And it's always appropriate to have a celebration when it comes to Jesus. But we ought to learn how to celebrate when we go into trouble. Amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but somebody's been underneath some trouble for a while. The enemy thought he was going to kill you. The enemy thought he was going to destroy you. The enemy thought the pressure he was applying was going to defeat you. When is he ever going to learn? He doesn't even, he's not even allowed to put pressure on you until God says, okay. Go ahead. 
please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying God brings sickness into your life. God allows sickness. Satan's always ready to afflict the church. Satan's always ready to bring pressure. Satan's always ready to try to defeat the church. But it doesn't happen until God says, okay, you can have some time with this person. Remember the story of Job? (laughs) Satan couldn't lay a finger on God's favor until he got a permission slip from God. And the same is true today. Amen? Hallelujah. God is in control ultimately. God is in control ultimately. Hallelujah. Satan thinks he's going to destroy you. When is he ever going to learn that God's going to take what he meant for evil and turn it into something good? The worse the enemy afflicts me, the more God blesses me. And you may be here today saying, this may be the worst time of my life in a lot of ways, but I'm growing more spiritually than I've ever grown before. Things are tougher than they've ever been. It's more stressful. There's more financial duress and pressure than ever before. But I feel stronger than I've ever felt before. Amen. I want you to turn to somebody right now. And I want you to look at them and say, I'm still here. Come on. Come on. I want you to say it with some personality and with some flair and with some passion. I am still here. I don't have any straw, but I'm still here. The devil done took my straw, but I'm still here. The devil done put some more pressure on me, but I'm still here. The devil done made it harder, but I'm still here. The devil put more pressure into my life, but I'm still here. Come on, somebody. Let it be known that there's no amount of persecution. There's no amount of stress. There's no amount of pressure. There's no amount of rejection that's going to take me out of God's will and purpose. I'm still here. I said, I'm still here. I don't have any help, but I'm still here. I've been through hell and high water, but I'm still here. I cried myself to sleep at night, but I'm still here. I lost my car, but I'm still here. They're threatening to take my home, but I'm still here. My credit's messed up, but I'm still here. I'm at my wit's end, but I'm still here. And in some kind of weird way, I have more joy than I ever had before. Come on. Pressure doesn't take my joy. Pressure reflects my joy. Hallelujah. See, because the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God's got a plan. There is a product to the pressure. There is something that's going to come out of the pressure. And it's something good. Hallelujah. The good Samaritan, the good Samaritan came to where this man was hurting, bleeding, crushed. A type of the world, a type of lost humanity. Hurt, crushed, disappointed. Disappointed with religion. Disappointed with family relationships. Disappointed in love and romance. Disappointed, hurt, wounded. That's a type of the lost world that we're dealing with today. Hurt, broken, open wounds, needing help. And that's why the church does not need to overlook the hurts of this world. And when we see a person that is hurting, we have something to apply. Hallelujah. Not only do we have something to bind up the wounds, but the Bible says that as the man was binding up the wounds, the Samaritan reached into his pouch, into his bag, into his provision, and he pulled out from there some oil. Everybody say oil. 
And he began to pour it into the womb. And then he pulled out from his bag also some wine. Everybody say some wine. And he began to pour into the womb of this hurting person oil and wine. Oil and wine. These in Scripture are a typology of God's blessings. The vats are full of wine God has blessed, right? I've got plenty of oil in the cruise. God's favor and blessing. Oil, wine, God's favor, God's blessing. Not only that, but as you look in typology in Scripture, which is really awesome, oil and wine also have to do with spiritual blessings. Because oil always in the Old Testament typified God's anointing. Right? And even today, God's anointed overshadowing to accomplish a purpose is signified by oil. Not only that, but wine is also a typology of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. What did they say when they saw the people on the day of Pentecost who had been filled with the Holy Spirit? Nine o'clock in the morning, they gathered around Some mocking said, these folks are drunk with new wine. Peter didn't deny it. He never did say, these men aren't drunk. He did say, they're not drunken as you suppose. Because they were drunk on the Spirit. Anybody ever notice what they call wine and beer and alcohol? Spirits. Wow, the Holy Spirit, a type of wine. God's anointing, a type of oil. Let me tell you something, Life Church. God is calling us to minister to a hurting world on a scale that we never have before. God is calling us to bandage up the wounds of people who have been hurt emotionally, spiritually wounded, physically abused. God is calling us to do such a thing. But the reality is, if we want to be able to help them, we've got to have something to pour into their wounds. A bandage won't do it. Uh, As my daughter says, kiss it, daddy. That won't help. We need oil and wine to pour into the wound. And I got to thinking about it this week. As the Spirit of the Lord dropped into my spirit. Do you know how wine is produced? Do you know how oil is produced? Do you know how wine is produced? Do you know how oil is produced? Yeah, it's symbolic of God's favor because there's no grapes without God's blessings. Yeah, it's symbolic of God's favor because there's not a fresh crop of olives without God's blessings in the rains. But just olives and just grapes in the tree are not enough. Grape on the vine is not enough. Oil and wine is produced when the grapes are crushed. Wine is produced when the olives are smashed and crushed. And that does not happen without pressure. What I'm trying to tell you, Life Church, we will have nothing to minister to the wounds of this lost and dying and hurting world unless we have the product of pressure. 
See, I've been preaching for a few years. I was preaching when I was 18 and 19 years of age. And I remember trying to preach that God would bring people out of their problems and trials. And I did my best. I put my voice behind it. I preached with all the conviction I had. But you know what? People just looked at me with a smile. Isn't that cute? If you knew the hell I'd been through. And they're like, come on, we know where you live. You live in a nice house and your mom and dad pay for everything. And, uh, you know, you have, you didn't buy a stitch of the clothing you're wearing, the car you're driving, your dad's paying the insurance. Yeah, you really got some trials, buddy. Yeah. But you know what? Now I can preach about trials. Now I can give people assurance that God will bring them out. But I would have nothing to pour in if I didn't go through any pressure. You would have nothing to minister with. You would have nothing to serve with unless you've been through some pressure. Because it's through the pressure, even to the point of crushing, that the most precious ointment that can minister to the hurts and the needs of a lost lost and dying world is produced. It is a product of pressure. Come on, does anybody want to be used of God like you've never been used before? Does anyone, anyone want God to use you to minister to people? Product of the pressure is God's anointing. I'm going to tell you, you can have all the great music you want to. Just take it. It's all yours. You can have all the great virtuoso presentational preaching that you want. Cheers, go for it. Beautiful building, have it. But I'll take the anointing. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing where the power is. But that anointing doesn't come from smooth investing. And that, that, come on somebody, that anointing doesn't come from finesse. That anointing doesn't come from personality. That anointing doesn't come from talent and ability. That anointing comes from pressure. That anointing comes from pressure. I said that anointing comes from pressure. And I don't know about you, but I want God's anointing. I want a double, double portion of His Spirit and His favor and His blessing upon my life. Bring on the pressure. Bring on the pressure because I know I'll come out, but I'll come out with a product. Just go back to this idea. The devil took your straw. Pharaoh took my straw. Now it's even worse. And you're praying, oh God, give us our straw back. Moses, what kind of a leader are you? You let us out here, and now I ain't even got no straw. Pharaoh took our straw, and now we're having to work twice as hard. Longer days, more stress, more difficulty. Hallelujah. The more straw that Pharaoh took from them, the more children they had. Hallelujah. Come on, the victory is not in the straw, so quit praying for God to give you the straw back. See, how foolish would it be if you were in Egypt praying for God to give you the straw back? Lord, you know we don't have any straw. And if I just had some straw, I could make some more bricks. God, give us some straw so I can make more bricks for Pharaoh. See, the problem is our vision is too small because we're praying to be a better slave while God is trying to get us out of our entire situation.
Sister Jackie, just a word from the Lord. I know you've prayed for this situation. I know you've prayed and asked the Lord, God, make this last, make this work, make this school stay afloat. Make it happen. And it didn't happen. And you're disappointed. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost that what you've been praying for is noble, but it's straw. Because what God has for you is something so much greater. What God has for you is something so much greater, and He is repositioning you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody. I want you to receive the word of the Lord today. What you have lost, what the enemy has taken, what you wanted so badly to hold on to that's been snatched from your hands. It may be God's attempt to take you entirely out of that situation and shift you into a paradigm that you never thought possible. Sister Jackie, I know the kind of pledge you made to to this uh, building program. You can't do that on the salary that you once had. But by God's blessing and by God's favor, through the time of pressure, through the time of pressure, I believe God will put you in a position. Come on, somebody, that you did. Did not even think possible. You've been praying, God, make this situation better. God says, I'm going to pull you completely out of the situation. Look at somebody and say, I'm coming out. Because when you come out, the straw won't matter anymore. The bricks won't matter anymore. The storm won't matter anymore. The famine won't matter anymore. The pestilence won't matter anymore. The gossip won't matter anymore. The hardship won't matter anymore. The enemies won't matter anymore. Because I'm going to leave all that with you. I'm going to leave that in Egypt anyway. Because I'm getting ready to get up and get out of here. Because God has something better for me than the situation I've been struggling with. The more you've endured, the more you've suffered, the more you've agonized through, the deeper your relationship with God gets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody taken a water hose and tried to squirt it across the yard? You know that it's difficult to do if you don't have a nozzle in the end, right? And the only way that you can get it to shoot anywhere is you've got to afflict it. You've got to put some pressure on it. You know what I'm talking about. You've got to put some pressure on the flow. You've got to stop the flow, basically. And then all of a sudden, it begins to shoot further, right? Am I, am I telling the truth? I'm, guys, I'm not making this up. Uh, this is a true Fact, this is a story. If you take the water hose and just point it out towards the other side of the yard, it's just going to go. Whoop. But you take your thumb and apply some pressure and stop the flow, and all of a sudden, poof, it'll shoot across the yard. Anybody? I, I got some kids in here that know what I'm talking about. I got some people that were at Cambria's birthday party the other day that know what I'm talking about. That when you apply the pressure to the hose... It goes further than it ever would have before. That's why I don't understand the devil. If he had any sense, he would stop squeezing me. <laughs> because when you squeeze me like this and when you afflict me like this, I'm just going to go further than you ever intended me to go.
For those of you that came here today wanting one of those nice, quiet, orderly little services, you know, you just want to sit there. You just want to sit there and go through the motions of church. Let me tell you where you need to sit in this church. Find somebody that everything in their life is going perfectly and sit right by them. Because if you sit next to those kinds of people, they're the one, they got their nose in the air, their legs all crossed, all real cute and everything. And they're not going to go very far. They're not going to make much noise. There's no pressure in their life. But you better be careful because you might sit next to somebody who's up under some pressure. And when they come to church, they come to church with a vengeance. They came to get a breakthrough. They came to hear a word from God. They came to hear from heaven. They're under so much pressure that they're going to praise God. Hallelujah. They're going to shout. They're going to lift their voice. Tears are going to flow. You better watch out because if it hits them just right, they may have a Holy Ghost fit. Amen. Because they need a breakthrough. Hallelujah. 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 Come on now. Because if there's not a great pressing, there's not going to be a great deliverance. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus didn't go to the cross until he stopped by the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane, if you translate what the word Gethsemane means, it literally means the place of pressing. Did you know that? The place of of pressing. Jesus knew that the same thing was going on with the olive was the same thing that was going to happen to him in that garden and the next day. The olive oil, as I said, can only be excreted when the olive is under pressure. So when Jesus got ready to go to the cross, he said, before I go, let me stop by the garden of Gethsemane and let the devil know, go ahead and press me on Friday. You can press me on Saturday, but Sunday morning I'm shooting up out of this grave. I wish I had somebody in here that could relate. Somebody that's been under some pressure. Somebody that's been through hell and high water. I'm going to tell you something's about to happen in your life. Because pressure can only be applied so long before something blows. And it blows a lot bigger and better and stronger than it ever would have without pressure. See, you don't have to wait to praise Him. You don't have to wait till you come out to praise Him. When you see the pressure, praise Him right then. Because the pressure is part of the strategy. When you feel the pressure, praise Him. When you feel the stress, give Him glory. Say, God, you're doing something. God, you're pushing me somewhere. God, you're refining something out of my life. God, you're putting me in the right place that I need to be. Pressure is part of the strategy. Pressure part of the strategy. I don't want to get beyond PG here today, but I'm sure we've got some mamas in the house that know when the baby was born, pressure was part of the strategy. I remember with my first daughter, Cambria, we were in the hospital and uh, 
my wife was going through the process of labor. And uh, remember those things on the machine where the pressure indicator of the contraction would go up and it'd be cute like, well, here comes another one. At first it's kind of cute, but then later it's not that cute. And see, I'm there. I, I, need, I need a machine to tell me when the pressure's come. My wife don't need a machine. I guess the machine's there for me. Oh, oh here it comes again. Isn't that cute? <laughs> but see, pressure is part of the strategy. And when the pressure finally reaches the point that it's impossible to resist, the doctor, the nurses, the husband, aunts and uncles, mothers and fathers, everybody else in the room with their video cameras, begin to say, push, push. And I've come to church here today to tell somebody it's time to push. Hallelujah. God is opening up the way. God is opening up doors that no man can shut. Hallelujah. When God gets ready to open up, no weapon, no mountain, nothing can stop what God has done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. See, the children of Israel went into Egypt as a family. But God was going to bring them out as a nation. They went in 70 strong. They came out a million strong. So God used the problem to incubate greatness on the next level. Life Church, let me tell you something. God is taking us to a next level. But I heard somebody say at every level, there's another devil. And you won't get to where God wants you to be without pressure. Let's understand that pressure is not the enemy. Pressure is not the enemy. Pressure is not the enemy. Pressure is a part of the process. See, when I stop growing, that means the enemy will stop attacking me. Life Church, when we stop growing, the enemy will stop attacking. But as long as the enemy is attacking you, God is developing something in you to take you to the next level. I'm going to tell you right now, Life Church, uh, we came into this building project like a family, but we're going to come out of this building project like a nation, a holy nation, a peculiar people with a purpose and a plan and with greater vision and with greater potential, hallelujah, and with greater anointing and with greater influence. Hallelujah. hallelujah. God did it by the pressure that they suffered and God is going to produce what he wants to produce in our lives through pressure. And the more you press, the more they spread. Pharaoh, press all you want. We're only going to multiply. Satan, push all you want. We're only going to multiply. It didn't work against the early church and it's not going to work against the latter church. The early church had rain with moderation. The latter church is going to have rain without moderation. Hallelujah. Pressure, stress, uh, uh, coming under it did not affect uh, the early church in a negative way it caused it to grow and the same is true with us uh, here today hallelujah let's stand to our feet right now why don't you lift up your hand and give thanks to the lord for what he's done hallelujah give thanks to the lord hallelujah for what he has done give thanks to the lord for what he has done give thanks to the lord for what he has done give thanks to the lord for what he's doing hallelujah
Hila Baba Boko Roshanda Baba Saya. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's step into his presence right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let me give you in this word of encouragement a word of warning. During the time of pressure, there's temptation to back away from your commitment to God. There's temptation to back away from your relationship with God. There's temptation to become lax in your church attendance. There's temptation... Let me just say this, the, the, the pressure, the pressure will either destroy you or it will define you. Please be on the latter end. Life Church, members, listen to the word of the Lord today. The pressure has a purpose and the pressure has a product. But the pressure will fulfill its purpose if you handle it in the right way with the right attitude. And say, God, I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to keep confessing my faith in you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep believing you. I'm going to keep living for you. And by all means, I'm going to keep worshiping you. I vow to praise you through the good and the bad. I vow to praise you through the pain and the pressure. I vow to praise you when things are good. I vow to praise you when things are bad. Because praise is what I do. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hey, 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 the pressure. The pressure won't last always. The pressure has an end date. Afterwards, you will come out. But the pressure also has a product. God's purpose will be done in your life. Hallelujah. One more time, lift up your hands. They're going to begin to sing right now. Hallelujah. And I want you to come forward in just a moment. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray with one another. We're going to encourage one another in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. Why don't we step out of where we are and let's come up to the front right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for all that you are. I would have made it this far. So I want to take time to say that I really love you. I humble myself to you Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus Come on, that's it, come on in, come on in, let's squeeze in Squeeze in Hallelujah Lord, hallelujah Jesus Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you,
I believe you'll be with there, Lord Jesus. Through difficulty, Lord God, through treasure. My hand to tell me that That's it. Pray for the person next to you right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the pressure, let the pressure release. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let God's anointing flow through you right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, right now minister in this place. Jesus, minister in the house, Lord God. Minister to families, Lord Jesus. Minister to single adults, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Say, but I don't feel like it's time to praise Him anyway. Jesus is worthy of praise and worthy of honor and worthy of glory. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wanna be close to you? I lift my hands in Hallelujah, Lord. Praise is who I am. I praise you while I can. I praise you at all times.
to somebody right now. I want you to put their, your hands on them right now and I want you to say in the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God, bring encouragement, bring joy, bring them through, Lord Jesus. Give them faith right now, Lord God. Give them faith to fight the good fight, to continue, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's what I do. 
alone. God's going to reposition you. God's moving you. God's moving you. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody needs to release and let it go. Let your praise go. Let your worship go. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's clap our hands to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Those of you that are praying, I encourage you to continue praying. They're going to continue playing and singing. Those of you that need to go, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Thank you for being in church today. Thank God for what we feel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't leave until you get what you need from God. Sorry. 
victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory.
I gotta praise. I gotta praise, and I gotta put it on. I gotta praise. 